Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Paul's Ministry in Thessalonica, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week we read, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord when you received the message with joy that comes from the Holy Spirit despite great affliction. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. Quoting Associated Commentary This does not mean that they became followers of Paul, Silas, and Timothy in the sense that they had set themselves up as teachers or as the head of a sect, but that they imitated their manner of living. From Barnes New Testament Notes On a quick side note, commentary pointed out as follows. This does not mean that they became followers of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They imitated their manner of living. Where are you? Where are we as the larger whole of God's body? Do we imitate and work this out for ourselves? Or do we outright copy those who brought us to Christ? Are we saved? Or saved robots? The lookalike copy of someone else instead of individuals in Christ? Do we do that kind of thing today? Or do we simply try to seem like and or look like spin-off twins of someone else who led us to Christ? This week, we will continue our examination in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. So, let's start. For you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, about our coming to you. It has not proven to be purposeless. But although we suffered earlier and were mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of much opposition. For the appeal we make does not come from error or impurity or with deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we declare it, not to please people but God, who examines our hearts. For we never appeared with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness, nor to seek glory from people, either from you or from others, although we could have imposed our weight as apostles of Christ. Instead, we became little children among you, like a nursing mother caring for her own children. With such affection for you, we were happy to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, 
because you had become dear to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-8 through 8. Commentary is extremely extensive in helping us interpret this chapter. However, look at what these apostles, Paul, Silas, and Timothy did. Today, we call it humbling ourselves. They did so among the Thessalonians so not to usurp the authority God established in Thessalonica. We will examine the relevant portions of thought and commentary to the scripture verses we are examining here. So, starting where we are now, commentary reads, The principal subjects embraced in this chapter are the following. First, a statement of the conduct of Paul and his fellow laborers when they first preached the gospel at Thessalonica. In this statement, the apostle specifies particularly the following things. 1. That he and his fellow laborers had been shamefully treated at Philippi and had been obliged to encounter much opposition at Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. 2. That in their efforts to convert the Thessalonians, they had used no deceit, corruption, or guile. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. 3. That they had not sought the praise of men, and had not used the weight of authority which they might have done as the apostles of Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6. 4. That they had been gentle and mild in all their dealings with communication between individuals, groups, interchange of thoughts or feelings with them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 8. It is reasonable to suppose that the statements in this chapter were designed to meet a certain condition of things in the church there, and if so, we may learn something of the difficulties which the Thessalonians had to encounter and of the objections which were made to Paul and to the gospel. It is often in this way that we can get the best view of the internal condition of a church referred to in the New Testament, not by direct statement respecting difficulties and errors in it, but by the character of the epistle sent to it. Judging by this rule, we should infer that there were those in Thessalonica who utterly denied the divine origin of the gospel. This general charge the apostle meets in the first chapter by showing that the power of the gospel evinced in their conversion and its effects in their lives demonstrated it to be of heavenly origin. From Barnes New Testament Notes That says a lot. We need to look at this a bit closer to see what Scripture is telling us. First, though, notice this. Commentary said, Judging by this rule, we should infer that there were those in Thessalonica who utterly denied the divine origin of the gospel. 
That has to sound like where any of us live today. Many, where we live today, utterly deny the divine origin of the gospel. Understanding this aspect first may make the rest of this commentary passage more clear. It stated, It is reasonable to suppose that the statements in this chapter were designed to meet a certain condition of things in the church there, and if so, we may learn something of the difficulties which the Thessalonians had to encounter and of the objections which were made to Paul and to the gospel. In a world that is experiencing a global pandemic, while seemingly coming out of it at this time, these words, once again, come to life. How many people lost someone and blame it on God? Among them, how many will utterly deny the divine origin of the gospel? Welcome to modern-day Thessalonica. While not really Thessalonica, you call it Berlin, Germany, or Paris, France, or London, England, or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the U.S. Today it could be anywhere in the world and not just Thessalonica, of which we are reading about. Commentary also made this comment. It is often in this way that we can get the best view of the internal condition of the church referred to in the New Testament, not by direct statement respecting difficulties and errors in it, but by the character of the epistle sent to it. Notice how that statement ends. But by the character of the epistle sent to it. In today's world, this can help us, especially those who follow Christ and now are caught in doubt. Remember, Bible prophecy says this will happen as Christ's return gets closer and Satan is more ready for his reveal. However, that is another story for another time. Digging deeper in commentary, the apostle in this chapter gives a further account of his ministry among the Thessalonians, of the nature, manner, and success of it, and of his regard to them, and conduct and conversation when with them and commends their readiness in receiving the gospel, and excuses his present absence from them. He appeals to them themselves for the truth of it, that his entrance to them, or preaching among them, was not in vain and without success, that it was with all boldness and intrepidity of mind, notwithstanding what he had suffered before for it, and with all integrity and faithfulness to the trust reposed in him by the Lord, without deceit and guile, or seeking to please men, but God the searcher of hearts, who had committed this trust unto him, and that neither then nor at any other time he had used flattery or showed covetousness, which he calls God to witness, nor of them or others sought glory and honor, 
even that which was due unto him by virtue of his office, but had showed all gentleness, humanity, and affection, which he illustrates by the simile of a nurse cherishing her children, and by the willingness he showed not only to preach the gospel to them, but to lay down his life for them, had it been necessary, so great was his affection for them, and, as a proof of this, he puts them in mind of his labors, both in preaching the word and in working with his own hands, because he would not be burdensome and chargeable to them. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible Notice how Paul was acting here. He is working humbly and without even deserved notoriety for his work and actions in Thessalonica. This is best understood in this portion of commentary. It was with all boldness and intrepidity of mind, notwithstanding what he had suffered before for it, and with all integrity and faithfulness to the trust reposed in him by the Lord, without deceit and guile, or seeking to please men, but God the searcher of hearts, who had committed this trust unto him, and that neither then nor at any other time he used flattery or showed covetousness, which he calls God to witness, nor of them or others sought glory and honor, even that which was due unto him by virtue of his office, but had showed all gentleness, humanity, and affection, which he illustrates by the simile of a nurse cherishing her children, and by the willingness he showed not only to preach the gospel to them, but to lay down his life for them, had it been necessary. There are a few things we need to examine found in this commentary passage that I just reread. I told you this was a very deep examination. I will work in an attempt to simplify this as best as I can. Continuing. Notice this from commentary. With all integrity and faithfulness to the trust reposed in him by the Lord, without deceit and guile, or seeking to please men, but God, the searcher of hearts, who had committed this trust unto him, and that neither then nor at any other time he had used flattery or showed covetousness, which he calls God to witness, nor of them or others sought glory and honor, even that which was due unto him by virtue of his office. As you can see, as by example in Paul, there is reason for glory and honor to be spoken of any of us in one way or another. 
However, as God's own and by Paul's example, it is not for us to revel in when it happens. To some, this may seem a bit unfair. However, this is how it is regardless of what you think or have been taught to think. So, with that, did you notice that passage and especially how it ended? There was praise and virtue due to Paul by the virtue of his office he held. Yet, Paul was humble and received none of it. Leastwise, in the usual way such a thing is presented and received. Are any of us like this today? Do we follow humbly or do we revel in the positives found in our faith? Do we glory in the success of our work leading others to Christ? I have been in many churches here in the States where the answer to the last two questions is yes. We therefore do not follow the example of Paul found here in Scripture in Thessalonica. So, if not following Paul's example, what are we looking for in our pursuit of being saved in Christ? What did Paul do? How did he behave with respect to others? Commentary continues for our last quote. But had showed all gentleness, humanity, and affection, which he illustrates by the simile of a nurse cherishing her children and by the willingness he showed not only to preach the gospel to them, but to lay down his life for them, had it been necessary. Paul showed the Thessalonians all gentleness, humanity, and affection. He did it in the same way a nurse cherishes her children. By laying down his life for them, had it been necessary. Are there brothers and sisters in your body of believers that you would, without thinking first, lay down your life for them if it were necessary? I can tell you, in each church I have been in, that my answer is for only a few and no more than five or six in each church I have attended. Only one exception to that occurred in the last church I attended, for many have turned me off toward them by seeking glory and action justification from others in their church or overseeing them in their discharge. Simply put, self-glory and promotion of which is the way of the world and not found in this scripture passage, or in any other passage, New or Old Testament. This is not what comes of a humble spirit. Paul's actions are what come from a humble spirit, or, these days, at least one that is trying to be humble. I believe God honors the individual who is trying as well as the individual who is succeeding regardless of what it is one is able in or trying to be able in. I should also say 
that this is not about trying and failing. It is about trying without regard to the degree of success and failure. We learn. We grow. We become more successful in that process, which reveals our degree of success and ability here forward. Is this the path we walk, or do we aspire and desire the acclaim and accolades that come with the success found in our walking out our faith? Only you can answer that question best. No one can answer that question for you regardless of what they say and or think. I think you can see that without calling it such, this is a lesson in humility even if not so noted in the biblical text. Scripture continues, But although we suffered earlier and were mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of much opposition. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. Commentary tells us, By being beaten and cast into prison, the shame of the treatment consisted in the fact that it was wholly undesired, that it was contrary to the laws, and that it was accompanied with circumstances designed to make their punishment as deserving shame or disgrace, as degrading and or debasing as possible. The Thessalonians knew this, and Paul was not disposed to make an offense or crime seem less serious the conduct of the Philippians. What was, quote, shameful treatment, end quote, he speaks of as such without hesitation. It is not wrong to call things by their right names, and when we have been abused, it is not necessary that we should attempt to smooth the matter over by saying that it was not so. From Barnes' New Testament Notes What does that commentary say of things today? How many say something did not or never even happened at all? How many have been abused? How many have been abused who feel they have no voice? How many of these people fear to speak at all? It is in similar position that Paul found himself in at Philippi. That is the connection being made in commentary. It is not the same form of abuse that humans need political and legal protection from in this present world. It is of a spiritual nature alone. John Gill also notes on verse 2, Before they came to Thessalonica, which they would not have done, had their ministry been a light and empty one in itself, and unprofitable to others, and especially had been the case, they would never have rashly engaged in it again, and exposed themselves to fresh sufferings and dangers, as they did, and were shamefully entreated, as you know, 
at Philippi, being beaten with many stripes and put into prison, and their feet made fast in the stocks at the instigation of the masters of the damsel that had a spirit of divination, by whom they got much gain, and which Paul dispossessed. From the new John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. Did you see that comment in commentary? Before they came to Thessalonica, which they would not have done had their ministry been a light and empty one in itself and unprofitable to others, and especially had this been the case, they would never have rationally engaged in it again and exposed themselves to fresh sufferings and dangers. Is this where you are today, who know the Lord and have withered on the vine? You haven't seen the light in a while. There is a different emptiness that is very unfulfilling as well as being unprofitable to yourself and others. This being the case, many in God's church have lost the engagement. They are now unwilling to expose themselves to the fresh sufferings and dangers of what lies both before them and in the foreseeable near future. Next week, we will continue to examine Paul's ministry in Thessalonica in Part 2, in Chapter 2. Verse 4 continues the thought with, Just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we declare it, not to please people, but God, who examines our hearts. Play or download next week's episode titled, Paul's Ministry in Thessalonica, Part 2. Download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. All other quotes bear the source they are from. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, 
you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. Our subdomain hosted at site 123 is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. Again, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. To find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.